Having just defeated Clark and all the goblins in the goblin cave, the group began to survey the area. Turner bandaged up everyone's wounds and applied the last of, the heal of his healing to Ivor's torn-up face. As soon as the immediate danger had passed, Pippin began looking through the Saxon crates. Meanwhile, everyone else's attention then turned to the remaining goblin, slumped onto one of the sacks. Lee's initial reaction was to shoot down the remaining goblin, but Turnham intervened, asking the goblin why he was clapping. You killed Clark, the goblin replied, gleefully. We hated him. He was mean, mean to all Cragmaw clan. You mean he was not part of your clan, Turnham asked. No, the goblin replied incredulously. Clark is bugbear, but King Grohl, chief of Cragmaw tribe, he sent Clark here. He sent Clark with message that Cragmaws work for a black spider, that Cragmaws watch road for dwarf and capture him. Is that why you ambushed Gundred and Sildar? Attilius asked, nodding toward Sildar. The goblin nodded. Is that, and where is the dwarf now? Clark sent him back to King Grohl, back to Cragmaw Castle, along with the stuff, especially his map. I heard they want his map. The goblin replied, somewhat proudly. That's very helpful. Now that Clark and the rest of the goblins are dead, what will you do if we let you go? asked Turnham. Upon hearing this, the goblin's eyes lit up briefly. You let Snow live? the goblin asked, skeptically, as his demeanor reverted in disbelief. Perhaps. Is that your name? Snoke? Turnham asked. The goblin nodded. So what will we do? What will you do if we let you go? Snoke's eyes fell to the floor. I don't know, the goblin replied grievously. I guess Snoke will go home to find other Cragmaws. Won't go to Cragmaw Castle. That's where King Grohl is, and he sent Clark. Where is Cragmaw Castle? Atilius asked. It's in Neverwinter Wood, Snoke replied, just a short way north of here. I can show you. When Atilius tried to get clear directions from Snoke, the others began to turn their attention to the Saxon crates. It was immediately obvious that most were marked with the image of a blue lion, which Sildar and Turnham announced they recognized it as the symbol of the Lion Shield Coster, a merchant company with a warehouse and trading post in Fandolin. Sildar suggested that there would be a like there would likely be a reward for the turn of the supplies, to which everyone agreed, though Pippin was clearly reluctant. Pippin showed the party an unmarked chest that separate from the other sacks and crates. Mallow agreed to carry the sacks of copper and silver coins within. Atilius held on to the two potions for later identification. Meanwhile, Pippin did not feel the need to disclose the jade statuette of, with a, of a frog with tiny golden orbs for eyes that he stealthily pocketed. The group dragged all the goods out of the cave. There was a disagreement about what to do with Snoke, with Turnham and Lee on opposite sides. Eventually, they agreed to let Snow go into the woods and not to return. Lee then returned to the caves, gave the wolves food from the goblins' provisions until they were satisfied, and let them free into the woods as well. It became apparent that the captured stores were too bulky to bring back to Fandolin along with the gundred supplies that already filled up their wagon. So they decided to drag the crates and sacks back to the goblins' pit trip and hide them there until they could return making sure that Snow did not see them do so.
With the supplies hidden away in the pit trap, the group retrieved their oxen and wagon and made the uneventful journey back to Bandolin. The sun was beginning to set when the rutted track emerged from the wooded hillside, and the group caught their first glimpse of Vandalin. The town seemed to consist of forty or fifty simple log buildings, some built on old fieldstone foundations, more old ruins, crumbling stone walls covered in ivory briars, surrounded the newer houses and shops, showing how this must have been a much larger town in centuries past. Most of the newer buildings were set on the sides of the cart track, which widened into a muddy main street of sorts as it climbed toward a ruined manor house on the hillside at the east side of the town. As they approached, they saw children being called in from the town green, and townsfolk securing their doors and shutters for the night. People looked up as they passed the group, and some peeked out of their windows briefly, but all quickly returned to their business. Sildar, still looking exhausted from his ordeal, announced, I will secure us all lodgings at the Stonehill Inn, while you tend to your supplies. With everyone's agreement, Sildar departed. The group arrived at Barthen's trading post, just as Barthen was closing up shop. Barthen immediately recognized Ivor, and asked about Sildar and Gundren, fearing the worst. The group quickly let Barthen know that Gundren had been abducted, but that Sildar was safe and resting back at the inn. They then asked if they could borrow the wagon to retrieve the remaining supplies from the goblin's hideout. Somewhat relieved to hear about Sildar, Barthen agreed. On the way back to the goblin's hideout, in the middle of the night, Lee became aware of travelers on the road ahead. As they got closer, he realized they were goblins and began firing arrows at them. The goblins responded in, in kind, and soon everyone who had something to fire was doing so. Eventually the firing stopped, and the four goblins were found dead. This began a heated argument between Turnham and Lee about firing first, which Turnham suggested they give diplomacy a chance, and Lee dismissing this because he thought of goblins as innately evil creatures. When they arrived at the site of the ambush, they once again steered the this-time empty wagon away from the road and tied off the oxen so they could follow the goblin's trail back to the pit. When they arrived at the pit, Lee spotted Snow sitting on a branch, just out of sight. He quickly drew an arrow and asked, What are you doing here? I was watching your stuff for you. Snow replied with a satisfied expression. Lee was suspicious, but the rest of the party dismissed the fact that although Snow wasn't even supposed to know about the hidden supplies being in the pit trap, he had found them. Snow helped them retrieve the sacks and crates and dragged them back to the wagon, where they all loaded everything up and began the trip back to Fandolin. On the way, talk turned, in, turned to the argument about the goblins they had killed on the road. Looking for some validation, Turnham asked Snoak what he thought of it. Of course you kill goblins. And goblins kill you. That's how it is, Snoak replied, quickly adding, but not Snoak, because you not kill Snoak, and Snoak happy. Snoak happy to help now. The trip back to Fandolin was uneventful, and when they returned to Fandolin early next morning, Everyone agreed it would not be a good idea for Snoke to enter Fandolin, especially Snoke, who said he would be safer outside. The group's first stop was a Lion Shield Coster trading post. Hanging above the front door of the, this modest trading post was a sign shaped like a wooden shield with a blue lion painted on it. 
similar to the markings on the crates and sacks. The master of the post, a human woman of thirty-five, named Lenine Greywind, greeted them, and was immediately pleased to see the return of her stolen goods. Lenine gave them a reward of fifty gold pieces, and promised to help them any way she could. In a back room, Lenine showed the group her supply of armor and weapons for sale. She also explained that her outpost had been hard hit by banditry, and warned them that the Red Brand Ruffians are trouble, and advised them to avoid the sleeping giant tap house. The group's next stop was the Stone Hill Inn, a large, newly built roadhouse of fieldstone and rough-hewn timbers in the center of town. The common room was filled with locals nursing mugs of ale or cider, all of them eyeing the group with curiosity. They found Sildar waiting for them, looking very refreshed. He introduced them to, a, to the proprietor, a short, friendly hu young human male named Toblin Stonehill, who showed them to their rooms. After traveling all through the night, they were all exhausted and went right to sleep. When they woke, it was already mid-afternoon. One by one, they came down to the main room to find a modest crowd gathering around, eating and drinking. Toblin told them that Sildar had gone to visit the townmaster. I sure do hope your friend can straighten things out around here, he told them, obviously upset. Those red bins have been allowed to terrorize the town, and that Harbin Wester, the townmaster, hasn't done nothing to curtail them. What's a man to do? I don't want to stir up child trouble. I've got a wife and child, you know? Toblin introduced them to his wife, Trelena, and his young son, Pip. This used to be a good place with lots of opportunity. When I first came here from Tribor, I thought I would try my hand at prospecting, but I soon realized that I knew a lot more about running an inn than I did about mining. It was a good place back then. Toblin sighed and picked up a stack of dirty mugs, bringing them back to the back room. Then Trelena chimed in, almost whispering, You know that, you know Thel Drendar? local woodcarver stood up to those redbrins a ten day ago when they saw when they came by his shop and leered at his wife. Those ruffians murdered him. Several townsfolk saw it. The redbrins grabbed his body, and now his wife, daughter, and son have gone missing too. Visibly upset, Trelena found some chores that needed attending. The, the young Pip tugged on Pippin sleeved. Are you an adventurer? One day I'm going to be an adventurer. Me and my friend Carp. You know he found a secret tunnel in the woods, but red brands almost caught him. When we're adventurers, we won't be afraid, afraid of no red brands. Then an older woman leaned over. It's true, you know. The red brands hassle every business in town. Every business that is for the Fandolin's Minor Exchange. They don't want trouble with Holly Thornton. Oh, Frida, chimed in an old farmer sitting across from her. Don't go bringing up Holly Thornton now. You know who I'm worried about? Sister Garrel. She oversees the Shrine of Luck. She left for town a few days recently, and when she returned, she was wounded and exhausted. Elsa, the barmaid, refilled their glasses. Darren Edermath, the orchard keeper, is a former adventurer. Elsa chimed in for no apparent reason. Lee had heard this name before and showed some interest. To which a younger man, with a look of a miner, replied, Yeah, there's plenty for adventurers in and around Fandolin. Orc raiders have been seen on the east end of Tribor Trail. Even the townmaster is looking for someone to run them off. After eating and speaking with the locals at the Stonehill Inn, the group wanted to find Sildar, so they went to the townmaster's hall. On a board next to the front door of the building with sturdy stone walls, 
a pitched wooden roof, and a bell tower at the back, they saw a notice, written in common. It read, Reward, Orcs near Wyvern Tor. Those of a mind to face the Orc menace should inquire within. The notice bore the town seal and an indecipherable signature. Inside, they found Sildar talking heatedly with an old, fat human male. Sildar paused as he saw the group. Harbin, these are the adventures I was telling you about. This is Harbin Wester, Vandalin's current townmaster. Harbin frowned at the implications of the description. Ah, so you're the adventurers I've heard so much about. We're all grateful you were able to help to free Sildar here. The Lord's Alliance is welcome here, believe me. And we're grateful to have you here as well. Travelers have reported some trouble with the band of orcs near Wyvern Tor, east on the Trivor Trail. I'm offering a hundred gold pieces to any group that can take care of the problem. That's good to know, Mr. Wester, replied Atilius. We'll look into that. What about the problem with the Red Brands? The Red Brands? Harbin replied. They're just a mercenary guild, and not that all that much trouble, really. My friends, interjected Sildar, Harbin is very busy running things in Fanolin. Why don't we leave him to it? And with that, Sildar gestured for the group to follow him out. Once outside, he explained, My friends, it may not be obvious, but Fandolin has no functioning government. The townsfolk elect someone to serve as townmaster each year. The townmaster serves as a judge in minor disputes and keeps any records that need to be kept. And Harbin, a former banker, is a pompous fool. He completely intimidated by the Rebrands, as you can probably tell. Leading the group farther from the townmaster's hall, Sildar continued, you see my good friend, Yarno Albrick, a wizard and fellow member of the Lord's Alliance, traveled here two months ago to establish order here. But after questioning several locals, I've learned that Yarno, disappearing while exploring the area around Chessendar Manor about two months ago, just shortly after arriving in Fandolin. I'm hoping you will investigate the manor and the surrounding area. Hopefully you can find him and bring back Yarno, or what's left of him, if something kills him. Yarno is short, human, with a dark beard in his thirties. In addition, I'm prepared to offer a word of two hundred gold pieces for eliminating the red brand threat. But I would also like you to find Gundren, Sildar continued. Perhaps you should keep up the pressure on the Kragmaw goblins. The Lord's Alliance is willing to pay a five hundred gold piece reward if you can locate Kragmaw Castle and defeat or drive off the tribe's chieftain. If you need me, you can usually find me at the townmaster's hall. As an agent of the Lord's Alliance, my goal is to bring law and order to Fanolin. As such, I want to find the lost mine of Wave Echo Cave and help the Rockseeker brothers put it back into production. I believe that bringing prosperity to the region will help civilize the town. Lee suggested they seek out Darren Edermath, so they visited his apple orchard. Outside a tidy little cottage, they found him. A fit, silver-haired elf, half-elf, well over a hundred years old. I've heard you are looking for people of courage and principle, to help teach some bullies a lesson, offered Lee. Well, someone has to, replied Darthen, but in my fighting but my fighting days are behind me. In my prime, I served as a marshal and herald for many years in the lands of the Dragon Coast, far to the southeast. But now I am retired, though I am still a member of the Order of the Gauntlet a devout and vigilant group that seeks to protect others from the depredations of evildoers. The order is always vigilant, 
ready to smite evil, enforce justice, and enact retribution against any who try to subjugate or harm others. Though I am no longer active in the Order, I try to keep an eye on happenings around Fanolin. Lately, Dar Daring continued, I am concerned about the Red Brands, and yes, I would like to see a group of adventurers such as yourselves teach those ruffians a lesson. It's especially time someone took a stand against the Red Brand's leader, Glassstaff. You can usually find the Red Brands hanging out around the sleeping giant tap house, but the main Red Brand safe house lies under Tessendar Manor, a ruin at the east edge of town. Are there any other troubles in the area? asked Attilius. Well, yes, but not in Fandolin. I've heard some stories from prospectors in the hills northeast of Fandolin that someone is digging around and in the ruins known as Old Owl Well. More disturbingly, several prospectors have reported being chased from the area by undead. Perhaps you should visit those ruins. They're a couple of days' march northeast of Fandolin and find out who's there and what they're up to. Those ruins are an old watchtower of an ancient magical empire known as Netheril, and I'm worried that dangerous magic might be dormant there. After some more small talk, the group thanked Darren and went on their way. Mallow heard that Sister Grail, a priest of Lady Luck, might be of assistance. Not far they found Fanlin's only temple, a small shrine made of stones dedicated to Tamora, goddess of luck and good fortune. There they found Sister Grail, a scholarly, long elf acolyte tending to the place. Greetings, Sister, Mallow hailed. We've come here looking to help with the problems in Fandolin. We've heard that the Red Brands are tra causing trouble. Well met, my friends, replied Grail. Yes, they are definitely a problem, but the town does not seem to be willing to take the steps necessary to get rid of them. I fear that may be the only way to truly be rid of them, as many of the Red Brands are natives of Fandolin. Meanwhile, I can also offer a more delicate mission, Grail continued. I need someone to persuade a banshee, named Agatha, to answer a question about a spellbook. I sought out Agatha in her lair, but the creature did not appear for me. I am hoping you might be able to bring Agatha a suitable gift, a jeweled silver comb, and persuade the creature to tell what she knows about the location of a spellbook belonging to a legendary mage named Bowgentle. I believe flattery may be the best weapon against Agatha's vanity, to persuade her to trade the comb for an answer. If you succeed, I can offer three potions of healing as payment for your efforts. We will look into these, Mallow replied, and they moved along. Pippin was interested in visiting the miners' exchange. Upon knocking, a cool woman's voice bid them enter. Greetings, I am Hallie Thornton, the guildmaster here. How can I help you? Greetings, Attilius replied. We've come here looking to help with the problems in Fandolin. We've heard that the Red Brands are causing trouble. Ah, yes, those red brands certainly are a problem. Those ruffians loiter around the sleeping giant tap house and, I, and have a base under Tresendar Manor on the east edge of town. As a matter of fact, I'm willing to offer you a hundred gold pieces to eliminate the red brand leader, whom those outlaws call Glassstaff, and bring me any correspondence you find in the leader's quarters. Feeling a bit uneasy about the direct nature of Holly's request, Attilius replied, You seem mighty eager to see the leader dead. What about the rest of the Red Brands? And what about bringing them to justice? Turnham added. Why wouldn't I want them dead? They terrorized the entire town, Holly replied. Have they terrorized you or the miners' exchange? Tilius asked. 
Well, they have not crossed me directly. That would not be wise. But they are an evil band. I've even heard they have a goblin minion serving them. Look, if you want the job, it's yours. Otherwise, is there anything else I can help you with? She replied. We will consider your offer and get back to you, Attilius replied, and they moved along. Next, the group decided to follow up on the tip from Toblin's son, Pip. So after some inquiring, they went to find Carp at Alderley Form. It was sun. The sun was low in the sky by the time they got there, and a female halfling in her mid-forties opened the door. Hello, are you Quilleen Alderleaf? Attilius asked. I am. How can I help you? Quilleen replied in a kind voice. Well, we're here to see your son, Attilius continued. We've heard that he found something that might help us against the red brands. Well, I just sent him to bed. Can this wait until morning? Quilleen replied. Who is it, Ma? They, they heard as a young halfling popped his head out. Are they adventurers? Well, you might as well come in, Quilleen suggested. But let's make this brief. It's getting late, and we farmers must rise with the sun. You must be Carp, Tilius said. Is it true that you find a secret tunnel in the woods? Yes, it is, Carp replied, excited. See, me and my friend Pip, we were playing and adventuring, and we was playing in the woods near Tresendar Manor, when I found a secret tunnel in a thicket. Then a couple of big, ugly bandits came out of the tunnel when he was there and met with a pair of red brands. They didn't see me, but it was close. I bet those bandits have a secret lair under the old manor house. I can take you to the tunnel if you want. Not tonight you can't, Quilleen interjected. Now you are welcome to come stay in our hayloft until morning if you need a place to stay. But now we ought to be turning in. I hope you understand. Turning to Carp, she added. Now off to bed with you, lad. Thank you for your generous offer. We should be going, Attilius responded. As they turned to leave, Quilleen stopped them. Before you leave... A long-time friend of mine, a druid named Rydoth, can probably help you with anything you need out in the wilderness. There's not an inch of land he doesn't know. I know Rydoth recently set out for the ruins of a town called Thundertree, just west of the Neverwinter Wood. Those ruins are about 50 miles north of Phandalin. Otherwise, good luck, and I hope to see you again. Thank you, again, Attilius replied. Finally, as the sun set, the group decided to visit Tresendar Manor. On their way, they passed the sleeping giant tap house, and four young men in red capes called out to them. Hey, where do you think you're headed? Why don't you just hand over those weapons before you get hurt? 